The Pursuit of Podcast, a purely guest-centric show focusing on people and organizations that advance positive change. Positivity can be anywhere, and in a time of vast discord, the pursuit of is finding those who champion its causes loudest. Join us as we sit and learn about the pursuits of local leaders in their community. Let's go. Hello, good people, and welcome to the Pursuit of Podcast, where it's truly not us, it's you. I'm Ryan Buck, Artist Development, New Leonard Media. With me is the boss, Mark Wilson, President, New Leonard Media. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Ryan. I'm back in the gym, bro. You are? Yeah, Sounds yeah. Like you, that's it. well enough about us. Uh, clearly, too much gab in the beginning. But luckily for us, our guest today is Becca Tenbrink, Executive Director and Founder, Lyft Teen Center. How are you? I am well. How are you? Good. Thank Good. you for asking. Well, you asked the first question, I guess. Or I guess I didn't. That's fair. Didn't you know, the you. professionals, they like to spin it back on the interviewer. That is so, right. Well, we can yeah. we can be, you know, be honest and clear about this because we'll talk about it. You are a podcaster yourself. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, I have a co-host who is really my better half, of course. That's You got to have that. Right, right Mark? Correct. Mm-hmm. And so... Really, always just so loquacious right at the top. <laughs> Yeah, so I do love podcasting. It is it's a great means to just like connect and have other people hear you. So. That is a good point. Well, starting simply. So, you're at a social engagement mm-hmm. or a party. Do we still do that? We we, we, we do go that to parties. Now. Yeah, we're back to so, that. So, okay, we're in a social setting, let's say a party, let's be bold. Okay. And somebody asks you, "What do you do?" What's um, the party version of that? So unfortunately, I'm a very like snarky, sarcastic person. So I'd be like, I test batteries for a living, and then tremendous, you know, like th- then they're like, oh, cool. But you probably have to test batteries at some point in time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The Teen Center needs a lot of batteries. But I am the founder and executive director of Lift Teen Center, and I am also the executive director of the Friendship Community Center in Sutton's Bay, and they're both married to one another. So. That's a pretty good party explanation. That's good. All right. So yeah, that, yeah. that's enough to get a little circle of people, a cadre around you. Mm-hmm. And so now there's some interest. Yep. And you, there's a little more space on the floor. Mm-hmm. What else do you say at that point? Well, generally they say like, oh, so you choose to be around teens for a living. And I say, yes, absolutely. And it's usually followed with, well, teens scare me. And I'm like, oh, no, no. They're the best version of all of us. This is fascinating because I was leading towards what are the most common questions you get? <laughs> nice. So intuitive. And which ones do you find most value in? So continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we've all been a teen, right? That's something we can all relate to is being a teenager. We were all different versions of teenagers, right? Like, Mark, I'm sure you were the jock, yes? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hard not to agree maybe with that assessment because you're a fit-looking person. You wear that flat hem, the mm-hmm. flat brim oh. hat. You, you look like Terrible a fit sports. person. Really? Oh, yeah. And I, I was uh, I was a very uh, tiny person when I was... Were you? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, men in my family don't fill out until we're like 30. I think he would have fit in with the programming at Lyft Teen Center. Yeah, yeah. I think. And we'll get into the sports part of it because I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You get these questions about 
working essentially constantly with teens. Mm-hmm. And isn't that scare is scary a word that that comes up pretty frequently? Oh yeah, cuz it's like that would scare me to like be with them. Like they're terrifying, especially in a grouping. Mm. And I think the fear sometimes is like am I relevant enough to hang around them? You know, and all of us I think have experienced some level of discomfort in our teens as we grew and became who we are. And so when we're around teens that are experiencing the same thing, it almost is like this revert to like, oh my gosh, was that how I was? You know, it really gets some self-reflection going on. So when you say scary, there is a melangerie of different emotions going on. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is fascinating. This is a pursuit that has started... For you, you've been doing this since 2016, 2017, on or about? Yep. So when this started, where did you think you would be right now? Yeah, so Mark and I actually talked about this briefly. We started out of our home with no intention of it ever becoming anything at all, really. Um, We moved to Sutton, Spain. We didn't know anybody. And my husband went down to play hockey one night and came back with a couple teenagers to start an NHL draft. We made some pizza. We're like, what do you guys do for fun in the area? And they're like, you're looking at it. Like, there's not much to do. Um, So we invited them back the next weekend to play cards. And weekend after weekend, our house just began to fill up with teens. So I would say there was never any intention of this becoming a 501c3 or, you know, this mission-driven thing. It was just really about a place for belonging and connectivity. And that still remains today, that belonging and sense of connectivity. But in 2016, when we decided, like, this has to happen for real and with intention, right? I guess I didn't really understand the scope of, of how much need there was in the Leelanau County area. Interesting. Yeah. The genesis of this, this origin story is is similar to a couple of individuals we've talked to on this podcast, and it's about seeing a simple need, Mm -hmm. realizing there's much more to it, and then rising to a particular challenge. Mm -hmm. But in this story, you have newly moved to this area, and your husband goes out to play pick up hockey. Mm-hmm. And it's something he doesn't he doesn't do professionally. He he's a he's a registered nurse, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And a very accomplished individual on his own, but he's doing something for fun to connect with his community and he brings home in turn a bunch of hungry teenagers that you have to feed. Yes. So initially this means a very solid relationship because <laughs> you know, that could have gone a totally different way if yeah. there wasn't some kind of connection there, at least between the two of you personally. For sure. And I think the openness to that connection, meaning like inviting them in, we all want to be invited somewhere. We all want to be a part of something. To be invited in and accepted, I think, is a really beautiful gift. It, It is. And also, is this maybe a testament that we can share with listeners that maybe your spouse's seemingly inane pursuits, even if it's collecting records or it's collecting too many guitars, Mm -hmm. could lead to something beautiful. I'm not here to enable you for the things that you... (laughs) Okay, we're not getting an official endorsement on that. Everybody, (laughs) sorry. We're moving on from allowing you to endorse all of your frivolous passions (laughs) to... And here's a big question. And 
I thought a lot about where to ask this question, and it probably has the most mutable answer, mm-hmm. is what is the biggest challenge to your teens right now? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that is a really... Is there one? Oh, I mean, I don't know that there's just just one. I would say the biggest one that I am experiencing with our group of teens is truly that lack of connection outside of technology. Like Hmm. knowing how to engage in a group of people and knowing how to um, look someone in the eyes and have a conversation of any sort of like depth or meaning. And it is an acquired skill to do those things. But I think it's been lost in the translation of constantly having like the screen or device in in their hands. Right. And we're going to get into logistically how you help with this. So connection. Mm-hmm. Connection comes up a lot yep. when you look at what you are doing, what Lyft does. And so shifting towards that business mindset, because you talked about this, when you decided to make this more than a basement gig, mm-hmm. like literally, mm-hmm. and decided to make this happen. And and you talked about the logistics of making it a business. But what was the first thing, you know, for people maybe thinking about the same, what was the first official act that you did to make this something real for your family? Because you had a small child at this time, mm-hmm. which yep. precipitated the need to move this to something bigger or move on. So what was that first act that said, I'm doing this and I'm staying with it. You know, I think it, I think for me, and it's different for everyone, but there's two things. And one was like to study the culture around me. Um, I don't know everything about everyone. And we were newer to this area. And to come in, to come in and say like, oh, this is what you need. You need X, Y, and Z is really a disservice. So to stop and look around and assess like what are some of the needs and what are some ways to fill those needs? Um, what are the best ways to connect with the people that I'm going to be serving? So there was definitely a lot of reflection and kind of planning, if you will. I hate using the word planning because I'm not actually much of a planner. I'm very much passion oriented, but there is a certain amount that you need to consider before you just launch. Aside, passion versus planning. I think this yes. is fascinating because you're a creative person. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, in, in any cursory glances at what you've done and what you do, it's fascinating that a creative person can be successful mm-hmm. in a business mm-hmm. that is supporting so many and giving so much. So how do you compartmentalize that? How do you balance that that passion versus planning? Is it all just handing off? Is it all Oh, man. Delegation? I mean, I think the biggest thing is to always be learning, uh, to never, like, shut yourself off to, like, this is how things are done Um, And that's exactly how I need to do it. So always learning. And I really lean heavily on my support um, system, which, yes, my husband is absolutely one of them. And he very much does, like, analyze and is like, well, you know, you got to take A to get to B. (laughs) Yeah. This is Gerald. Can we say that? Is that okay to say his name? Yes. He's a lovely, lovely man. He he is. He is. I'm probably as smitten with him as you You, are along this journey. He Mm -hmm. sounds fantastic. Smitten. Smitten. We haven't used that since the 1900s. (laughs) That's right. My (laughs) monocle, spats, and cane are outside the the, the delivery stable. (laughs) Um, And also... um, my mom early on, she, cause she knows me so well, she would be like, yeah, you like, you're doing it. You're doing the right thing, but like, Hey, consider this. So 
it's really great to have that support and community around you when you're, you know, launching something like this, because you are a pioneer in the endeavor. And sometimes being a pioneer can get kind of lonely because you're like, holy cow, am I doing the right thing? Am I going the right way? There's a lot of questions. Um, and so you got to kind of keep putting the, mm. you know, one foot in front of the other. Yeah. yeah. And so, and that was part of the, the first official thing that you did, because you said it was two things. What was the second kind of official, so, well, that made it a, a thing that was going to be permanent? You just have to do the thing, right? Like you have to go forward with I confidence love this. this is appealing to the Chicago guy in me. You got to do the thing. You got to do the thing. And honestly, I get so ooh, frustrated when I see so much like planning, 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 planning. And I'm like, or like meeting, meeting, meetings. It's like, no, just go do the thing. Do what you're saying you want to do. And I knew without a doubt that teens needed a place to connect and that I could create that. And so, boom. Yeah. And we're going to get to the uh, the center. Mm-hmm. Um, but you talked about doing the research. So that is what made it real for you. And it's, again, fascinating how you kept yourself on track and you know, you could probably be looking outside as a photographer and be drawn to something else. But you felt that there needed to be a distinction between programming, let's say for a better word, uh, for middle schoolers and then high schoolers, mm-hmm. you know, older teens. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fascinating your approach to the delineation there. How did you approach that? Because it seems like it's probably quite important. Yeah. So there was definitely some trial and error. Of course. When I was observing the community at large, I was noticing that a lot of our kids had younger siblings that they needed to care for. So it wasn't necessarily feasible for them to come attend an event that was, say, just for high schoolers because they maybe had to take care of their middle school sibling. Um, So we kind of like started out middle school, high school, and we're like, you know, let's see how this this goes and the traction that that brings. And it really did create this like core. And from there, as time progressed, we built trust within the community, within families. Then we were able to kind of begin to like separate those age groups. And, you know, there's a lot of maturity gained in between the middle school, high school years. So it is really important to kind of keep them It is fascinating because it feels like months can change. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. So you have to keep keeping up with this in the ways that you can. Mm-hmm. So w- when you said trial and error, you know, hopefully, you know, nobody's laughing, like how much error, you know, did you try to, you know, have an 18 year old play Twister and it didn't work out or what have you. But what, what do you mean by, by error? What was maybe an example of something that you pivoted on? Um, I think it was, it's just that, right? The high school kids wanted to do some of the more concentrated things like activities whereas the middle schoolers wanted to like run around and like get all their energy out you know and you're like whoa this is more that physical energy to consider and like as any parent with like multiple children knows you can't dedicate your whole like time and energy when there's like several kids of different levels and so as the quote-unquote parent we were like we need to be able to like hone in on each of them to be able to properly invest in their growth and evolution. So, right. Yeah. Well, we get into some heavier concepts when you, when you start to dive into all the things, maybe you didn't even intend on addressing at at the beginning, 
But for the sake of, of asking you a concerted question, mm-hmm. um, when you were looking at this as a business, how much of a, a culture were you looking to establish as well, a lift mm. culture, as it were? And, and did you or have you even brought that to bear yet so early? Yeah, I think like you were you know, asking me about, like, why is it scary to be around teens? And one of the things that I, I mentioned was that it sometimes reveals layers of your past that maybe you haven't dealt with. And that certainly happened for me. Um, I really struggled with mental health and actually an eating disorder when I was a teen. And what I needed was mentors to come around me and just accept and love me, be a sounding board and provide hope best they could. Um, And so that culture is really important that all of our staff is really aware that that's what we're here for. Um, And I think that hope piece is really important too. Yeah. Well, on that note, because you said a huge word, you Mm -hmm. know, and and hope isn't a feeling you can articulate. And it's different for everybody. Right. Uh, And it feels different for everybody. When you're looking at at staff because you have help and this is a a, a wonderfully female driven enterprise mm-hmm. almost from the beginning uh, back to the 1800s with the the center yeah um, but when you look at the people around you there are some maybe bigger concepts that you have to deal with than you thought of early did that shift how you evolved the business and brought people on yeah. thinking ooh we may have to deal with somebody who has some serious challenges at home I think the key there is, and I, you know, I know that this word is used often, but collaboration, right? So because of us being in a rural area, it's impossible for us to do it all ourselves. Um, however, there are some really key um, partnerships that we've gained throughout our time that together we're kind of wrapping around this work and addressing. So, for instance, like prevention um, mental health, suicide awareness, some of these bigger things that maybe we're not the, like the total expertise on it, but Hey, we've created this community of kids that trust us, that know that regardless of what they're bringing to the table, like we will love them. And so that these harder conversations with some of those like more key professionals can happen, um, and can happen in a safe and loving environment. Well, you say a lot there because you you have this almost transference where you can say, yeah, teenagers are scary. The idea of it, the idea of – I'd never thought about teenagers being scary because they make you feel inadequate or they, they shine a light on something that you have been bearing for 30-plus years. Mm-hmm. But there's the turnaround because there can be nothing more satisfying, I think, it has to feel mm-hmm. than – I don't know, making a teenager laugh or listen to you Mm -hmm. when you really know that they, you see it in their eyes. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's twofold, right? Hopefully the the rewards are are there in big and small ways. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I always say they're my joy. Like the teens are my joy in doing this. It's those little menial, like the fundraising and all of like those sides of my job that like get really hard and taxing, but I walk into the cafeteria at lunchtime and I get to interact with the teens and it like just reignites everything that I've been like pouring in to Built this. Built-in inspiration. 
Oh, for sure. Well, start some of the early things, some of the finicky official things, and maybe I'm guessing now, seeing your personality shape, that you didn't love having to do, but was working with a school system mm. because it's, it's a partnership that you have that's been very helpful for you. Mm-hmm. Was it necessary right off the bat? And if so, you know, when did you realize it? And what were your tips to being successful with working with a school system? Sure. So I went in um, to the school system with the plan and told them like what I was planning to do. And it very much was a like, okay, well, we'll see. You know, I'm sure that there are many endeavors that approach school systems with great intentions. Um, But it's really those that like the old saying, like put your money where your mouth is type of thing. Um, We were going to do what we were going to we're going to do what we said. That's yeah. it. There it is. Woo. And say what we're going to do yeah, is good say too. What we're gonna just do, because do what declarative we're statements, say. you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So turn it all around every right. which way and that's what But you're doing it. Yes. That's the theme yes. in this podcast. It's tough language. It's our most mafia sounding mm-hmm. episode ever. We're getting out, we're doing it. Yeah, for sure. But those partnerships with the school, we didn't realize to what like amount we a needed the school and the school needed us because School's there to educate. That's their job. And we provide a whole different subset of need for the community at large. And together, my gosh, like that's a really strong One that benefits everybody. Yes. You would say? Mm Mm-hmm. And so we've worked very well with the school because we built that trust as our foundation. And we didn't go in with the expectation, again, that we were going to change what they were doing, they needed our help, you know, it was like, no, how do we together create an atmosphere of growth, learning, and care and compassion for the students that we're both serving? And together, it always makes us stronger. So you came in as a willing partner, Mm -hmm. you came in with humility, you came in with a plan, and that whole can we're doing this attitude mm-hmm. i feel like maybe you're like whether you like it or not we're doing this <laughs> but in a fun artistic way and in it it's working well is you know can you comment on you know anything that has changed and how you're you're working with the schools at all or any tips to to working with a school system and saying this is who you should really talk to if yeah. you want this well i think that the you know as or an organization it's really easy to say, like, this is what we do and this is how we do it. And you go into a school and you, like, put that, you know, kind of on their plate, right? Their massive plate of all the things that they have to do. And instead, we came with a, like, how can we support your school best? And that's different school to school. We began to engage with the teachers on a higher level and, you know, do, like, little teacher appreciation things and really, like, Hey, what like what do you need? How can we help? So now we have mentoring and tutoring every Wednesday at one of the schools. We hosted prom two years in a row because capac- hosted prom. Yeah, which you know, I again, I know a little bit about this. I can tell you, teachers love appreciation. Yes, because um, they need all of it. My gosh, they're amazing <laughs> humans, angels. But to have taken that off their plate. Giving some leadership opportunity is pretty extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And like, I just, I can't speak enough how important it is to, like you said, show appreciation, but also humbly be like, hey, 
we don't like tell us tell us what you need and what right support you could use well you you use the word community a lot and i know that can be probably a popular buzzword yeah when trying to garner support yep. with a community with the school mm-hmm. but that came to you pretty early um, you know, from both of your parents, your, your father, a, a homicide detective, which we could have a totally separate podcast on, to be honest, and your mom, who also directed you toward community and your passion photography. So this is a passion for you that started right away as a person, it sounds like, mm-hmm. to, to give. Did you ever envision, um, because you have a master's in social work uh, in family life education. So what was the plan, dream, and reality? Um, well, I started to pursue education once I realized that I wanted to make this nonprofit a thing. And I knew that there would be question of, like, what makes you qualified, right? And and I wanted to be qualified. And I, frankly, you know, got a lot of opportunity and met a lot of amazing people through that experience that was kind of that catalyst of, like, putting this into motion. Right. For sure. And so what's something that that your dad did maybe along the way that prompted you? Because, you know, I'm thinking about a homicide detective coming home isn't really up on the community. Yeah. He's probably telling you things are the worst, you know, and and it's like all TV and movies that we see. So maybe you can dispel the the myth there. What's something that he he did to instill that? My dad should be in a movie, but not that kind of movie. He should be in the movie that is bringing community together and um, without judgment working with criminals, essentially. Um, I remember uh, the gang population where we lived was really prevalent, like made national news, and um, he was working the gang task force. And it was a really scary time because a lot of the people he was arresting were also father of a classmate and it became this really complex right. like was existence this? it was in holland, this was in holland. Mm-hmm. and i remember he had um a certain gang member who wasn't yet in prison and kind of was like on the fringe of like getting into the gang and not like kind of like deciding if you will and he brought him out to dinner with our family and it yeah and just welcomed him in. So, so you saw the example of bringing yeah. somebody into your home. Yeah. Because this is what happened yeah. with you and Gerald later on, mm-hmm. which at that time in certain areas, you know, I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on where you grew up, you're either in the suburbs or 30 minutes away. You're never allowing somebody into your home, no. let alone a neighbor yeah. that may live five feet from you. Yeah. So... Was that profound for you or was that just something that, no, doesn't everybody do that? Well, definitely was like, yeah, like I just thought it was normal. But like the looking back, the complexity of like, sure, this person, you know, by today's standards, like that's a dangerous person. You should probably keep your distance. But instead welcoming them in because there is so much more to all of us than like what we always show in our exterior and we never know what someone possesses in the best of the ways. And I know that there are bad, you know, um, actions and people right. out there. But there's also people that have done bad things but are very innately good. So do you think that 
unique. Did did he show you any of the rougher side of things? And do you have that dichotomy within you? Or did he shelter you from that and you just only saw bringing a potential gang member to dinner and just said, hey, all right, Becca, we need to convince this kid yeah. that we should be on the straight and narrow? No, I think I... I you know, was hyper aware, I guess you could say, of the dangers of the world. Um, back then, it was Polaroids that they, like, took evidence from. And my dad, um, I remember coming down, you know, in the morning, and he was, like, literally asleep on the table, and, like, the Polaroids of evidence kind of, like, scattered around him. And I remember looking at them, because, you know, I'm curious, let's be real. Sure. And being like, oh, my gosh, like, you know. And he would explain the very thing that I said, there are sometimes good people that do bad things, and there's also some w- bad What people. age are we looking at? You're, you're oh, coming gosh. down, it's the Polaroids, and, and maybe not the first time you've seen it. Um, I would say probably like eight, eight or nine. Eight? Yeah. Seems young, but yeah. I mean, you know, it's something that's taken you in a trajectory that's pretty profound. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving from that sort of potential darkness that was turned into a light Mm -hmm. to creativity uh from the website you are quoted as the bright light of creativity that we all follow written by a a a colleague Mm -hmm. so how important is creativity in the mixed bag that you call your professional life i feel like it's probably for me in the way that i operate in the world like number one it is the like when I feel I'm like creative and I'm in that space, that headspace, it's when I feel like whole. Right. Are you drawn to creative people professionally? Is that a necessity for you in others? Or can you tolerate the banal? It's so weird because our, my associate director, Audrey, I like point to her because she's usually right next I saw to me. It. Yeah, yeah. And on the website, she's over here. So that was weird for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she, <laughs> she, oh my gosh. Okay. She literally says she dreams in spreadsheets. And I'm, oh, oh. That's fascinating and horrifying together. Thank you. So between the two of us, we always say that she's the light that like shines through my prism, right? Like I'm the rainbow on the wall and she's like the light that like makes it all happen. Um, I see the necessity for all types of people to work together. Um, And I have so I have learned so much from her and have so much to learn from her and others like her. So yes, I do love creatives, but sometimes I will say that creative can-do attitude when it's like me and someone else, it's like, oh, that's too much. We gotta like tone it down. (laughs) You know, like we're gonna get in too much trouble. (laughs) So you do need, because you're running a business, right? And and it sounds like you're pretty self-aware that you need to keep yourself on track. There are certain things you gotta do, taxes you gotta file, right? Yeah, they come. Can't just keep receipts, call them keepers, you know, a la dodgeball, <laughs> and just hope, you know, your charm's going to get through the right. nitty-gritty. It doesn't, unfortunately. Okay. I, I've and, tried. And not like we're trying to bump people out, but, you know, we we will shift on over to what we've talked about a little bit is mental health. And and I think your, your blog is fantastic. And the latest blog post has a Fred Rogers quote, which I think, you know, if in all corniness aside, he is somebody who's done so much for mental illness in in young Mm -hmm. people, more than he even recognized. Mm -hmm. But from an earlier blog post, um, it's interesting because you started before the pandemic, but not that much into it. 
So you have been addressing it for a little while. And in this blog post describing the year, um, some of your, um, what do you call your team? Uh, well, definitely my team as far as my staff and volunteers. That, that, those are my team. But the, 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 the students that you're helping um, describe the year of the pandemic with words like lonely, depressing, mm. scared, like moving into the worst thing that's ever happened, hell. And then did anything good come of it? It made my life worse. I'm in a, I'm in a foster home now. Um, it's such a huge topic, you know, the, the mental health piece. So starting with, and we touched on this a little bit when you started, and now how has your approach to this at all changed? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it it, it changed in a lot of ways, and it didn't. Because um, the same basis is still, like, the same foundation is there, and that is that we all need one another. And we learned when we were all, you know, in our own homes and isolated how important it is to have your people. Um, but I think one thing that we really latched onto is that it's not always in the big, sometimes it's in the small. So we bought a bus um, during the pandemic so that we could deliver meals and all sorts of different things to the kids. So while they were at home, you know, we were showing up at their windows with like art supplies, like, hey, I've, and I'm going to put these on the porch for you, you know, or like we dressed up in crazy costumes and like just like did dances in front of their window just to like cheer them up or it's in the big and the little. Right. And I think we've carried that forward to what we're still doing. Like, yes, it's in those big events that we plan you know, the big like snow tubing events and where everybody's coming, but it's also in the little, it's in showing up in those small ways um, that are intentional for kids as you see the need arise. Right. Yeah. Do you clearly establish or do you think about where your responsibilities begin and end in this regard? And do you have instances where maybe you've identified a potential problem and brought that to light? Oh, yeah. Um, I think the thing here is, you know, it's hard for me. Uh, I have a huge, like, empath heart um, that I feel like it's a little bit like Pokemon, like got to catch them all. And that's not, it's not feasible, right? <laughs> it's not. Um, but I know that we cast out a net, a metaphorical net, if you will. And, um, you know, we're slowly like bringing that net in. And there are some fish that are going to kind of get through that net. It doesn't mean they haven't interacted with the net. You know, they may have like grazed the net on their way out or whatnot. Um, but the ones that were able to kind of bring in that was at my school. And man, I didn't know I needed it, but I really needed it. Right. To the fold and like really engage and get to know. It's always a powerful experience. And someday down the road, they may say, huh, I remember this program. Maybe that's, you know, them going to counseling someday or that's them starting their own, you know, nonprofit. Who knows? We never know. Well, the, the support systems that you put in place for them, things like leadership, mentoring, um, you know, they, they're, you've, you've asked the questions. They're looking for one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. mentorship, which is surprising mm -hmm. to, to hear. You would think a lot of insecure, scared kids, would, would that would be the furthest thing that they want, but they do want the one-on-one -on -one mentorship. And when when you're looking at some of the things like supporting sporting events, mm -hmm. you send people to their events to cheer them on. Mm -hmm. That is true. Mm -hmm. 
That could sound like the saddest thing ever, but is it? No. That's a, I mean, consider this. As someone who's retired, um, their kids have, like, flown the coop, as they say. Um, maybe their, like, schedule has kind of, like, lightened up quite a bit. And they're able to go to this game and, like, engage with their community in a way that they probably wouldn't otherwise. Um, and stands that are generally empty because now parents are working. Usually both parents are working and attending games is really hard, especially every game. And the stands are not quite as full as they used to be, but having those people there that they know are there, that's so, that's, right. you can't put a, so that's that. the consistent theme being yeah. seen yep. and being seen in the right ways, yep. because I'm really curious to see how you deal with technology and social media, because kids right now have access to more knowledge than, I mean, you could zap a teenager back to the 30s, and they would give heart attacks to people. Yes. Could probably be elevated to running everything or be studied forever, mm -hmm. right? So this is what we're dealing with. How do you approach that? How do you deal with access to social media? How? What's the, what's the jam there? Yeah. So, I mean, part of that is um, awareness, right? And education. So for instance, there was just a parent education night for social media hosted by the county sheriffs, FBI, and state troopers. And they put it on like, hey, this is what your kids are watching, learning, seeing on, you know, their devices, potentially putting out into the universe, like, you should be aware. Um, and you should monitor your kids, right? Well, I'm going to tell you right now that there was not one parent or one person for every kid. Mm -hmm. Not even close. Yeah. Um, and so it begs the whole, like, well, why aren't we telling kids this? Why aren't we telling teens the dangers? Because wholly, I don't think they understand, like, how scary and dangerous it can be. But it also can be used for good. And so let's use it for good as well. I don't know if you saw our... We had a, a recent reel, and it was me basically, like, imitating teens today. And it I was, like, teens that. in 2023. I'm going to be. Where oh, is this on the website? It's on our Instagram. Oh, on Instagram. Yep. Okay. Lift SB. And um, so I'm making fun of them. So it says, like, teens <laughs> in 2023. And I'm, like, you know, being a goof. And then it says, but also. And then it does a bunch of quick snapshots of, like, them tubing, them jumping off a rope swing into the plat, them like all things we did with them. And so like let's not put them so in a box that like they're just oh, they're doomed and kids today and oh, da -da 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 -da. The, the, the doomsayers, the yeah. uh, music was always better when you were younger. Absolutely. Like, oh, always. You are, yeah. And is there an unexpected, has there been an unexpected side effect? Because again, everybody's terrified of the idea of hanging out with teenagers. Have you been surprised at any change to you that's happened? And if you want to be real about it on this, on this show, if there's one thing you've picked up, I'll, an example, living in San Francisco for three and a half years, you say hella. Mm. And the kids say hecka. Because they don't want to swear. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I kind of picked that one up. So is there a little something that, you know, has rubbed off on you? Maybe energy, maybe positivity? That you Are you share? asking if I know the slang of today? Because oh, okay. I, would, I could will be, just let it. If that it, is it, no. if it's like an incorporation of their slang, was there anything about this hanging out with them that has affected you in a way that has surprised you? 
Hanging out with teens specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or younger people in general. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's like, just don't take life so seriously. Like, yes, there are serious things in life, but there's a lot to laugh about. And there's a lot of just being you and authentic and genuine that's so important and so needed in a world where, like we just talked about with social media, we're constantly comparing ourselves to others and like, you know, just... You do you, as they say. <laughs> that is that is a good one. And you bring this to bear in the Generation Perspective podcast, which is great. Um, I specifically listened to a few episodes, the Ryan Hannon episode, because mm-hmm. uh, we had him on this podcast. And I love um, how th- there's just a lot of love between you right off the bat, and it's just a fun conversation. So how has the, the podcast been an effective tool for you to you know, promote Lyft, the Teen Center, everything. Yeah. Well, definitely shout out to Ryan Hannon. Um, we went to school together at NMC. That's how we started. Yeah, so yeah. like, yeah. It's a got, great episode. Yeah, he's it. amazing. Um, Generation Perspective started during the lockdown when, um, you know, kids weren't interacting so much. And I, you know, was thinking about it. I'm like, man, wouldn't it be good just to like hear from the teens? Like, what do you like to do? Who are you? And their peers and community could listen in and like they have their moment, right? It's so important that we all, you know, are heard. And it's morphed into like this, like who's in your community? You know, like who are you bumping shoulders with and you don't even know? And also like there are ways that you intersect with them. For instance, one of um, our teens, Sophie, that we interviewed, she made me this knit cowl because I told her I like love soft cowls and she like made this for me. Had I, had wow. I not interviewed her, I, you know, would I have known that she was like an she's amazing the one who crochets? No. Uh, There's another one that surprised you that, that, uh, that she crocheted. Nope. That was a different person. Okay. Yeah. And that's not crochet. I'm no, sorry is, if I've oh, made a you have, knitting faux pas. How dare you? I, it is a thing. It is a thing. I, I'll recognize that. I'll, can, should we do a retraction? Yeah, you should probably take that out. We can. We do. I'll, we'll it's do days? A, I'll, I'll, it'll, do, it'll be an official <laughs> retraction. It's days. If, it, if it was your mistake, it would go. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Ryan's mistake, it stays. Let's keep that, yeah. Just, just yeah, just unflatteringly uh, <laughs> portrayed, no matter how. But finding these, you know, a, a hidden talent, something, but... Time was spent. Time was spent. And that's okay that that made you feel good. Yeah. And I mean, also, we have some different professionals on there as well, like within the community that share about some of the professions they do, which I don't know that like I would have ever thought of doing. Yeah. Definitely not when I was a teenager. And so to hear like, oh, my gosh, somebody actually scuba dives in Lake Leelanau to pull up the... Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on what it's called. It's like a certain weed, but it's very invasive. Oh, um, yeah. I'm so sorry. I, I'm I'm not Annalise. Uh, she's gonna be like, I talked to you for an hour. This about is gonna this. generate discussion, <laughs> frustrate a few listeners. Yeah, um, because I don't know it either. Yeah, um, that'll be on me as well. This is not a positive episode for uh, for for me here. We should but... have fact checked some of this, but anyways, the whole point being, it's exposure as well to some of these like people and things and you know, um, right. different lives. So. And you, you have volunteers, you have people who, who help, you have job mentors, as you mentioned, and you take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you have to take seriously. What is the state of getting volunteers now? Because there's so many different pulls for people's time. Yes. So what what's your approach right now? You know, we have like a great um, base of 
volunteers pre-COVID and then COVID hit and we lost every single one of them because of either moving job shifts or, you know, some were um, elderly and didn't want to be exposed. All You know, sure. it just happened. Yeah. So we are now building that back up. And I think we're at about 25 um, volunteers that are like signed on and have gone through our training um, and are actively engaged in our program. But we're always, always looking back for more. Oh, that's incredible. And what's what's the best way for people to to find out? Is it the website the best way to find out about volunteer opportunities? Mm-hmm. Obviously, talking to somebody who has worked with you. Um, who amongst your organization is a is a champion that doesn't get talked about enough? You know, somebody who maybe you know, finds new opportunities for you, finds new volunteering opportunities for you. Is there anybody in your organization that, you know, is somebody for others like you to look out for and to develop? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you like the whole, that's very hard to narrow down, right? Because uh, truly, I believe that everybody is a champion for the organization. And we wouldn't be where we are um, without each one of their specific, like, talents and gifts and um, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, many people are coming to mind. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's a good answer to that. Cause it's a tough question. That's a tough question. I said we weren't a hard hitting podcast, but that was a tough I know one. you were like, don't worry. That that was, this will be easy. A, that wasn't a softball. That was, that was tough. Mm-hmm. But thinking about maybe a little bit of that connectivity, how do you stay relevant with teens? How do you, how do you stay up with what's going on? Can you just be on Instagram and all your friends are like, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm TikToking because I'm working. Yeah. Um, I think the important thing is not to stay relevant with teens because that makes you not relevant, right? Because <laughs> you're trying yeah, to. Yeah. Like makes if, you goofy. Yeah. If you're like, what up, bro? Like, and, they're and like, bye. Depending depending on the grade level, that that's changed in six months anyways. Like, oh, just, absolutely. So you want a certain level of irrelevance, of, of naivete, yeah. hopefully charming naivete. Yes. Like, I don't know how to make this fangled Instagram work. You know, there's that. Like, one of the t- – they were teaching me slang in one of them. So there's – there's this sla- this sla- nope this smacks like this meal smacks smacks but then there's also this or this slaps slaps so i like to use those interchangeably in you know ways that don't actually make sense and then they get really like oh my gosh why did we ever teach you these things you know start right. making up your own yeah absolutely many new things are made this crackles this, this crackles snap crackles and pops. pops yes so oh maybe you have to pay kellogg for that <laughs> Well, you, you, you've given a lot of advice on how you know one can maybe successfully identify what a challenge is, and, and and you know recognizing how big the you know the hurdles can be, but you've done it. So I hate to ask an obvious question, but what do you see happening from here? What's the next thing you're focused on? Because you can't play the irrelevant card because you're a podcaster. So these mm. young people are looking at you like. So you're, you know, you're unfailingly cool. You have this engagement. What is next? What are you looking to do in the next one week to 20 years? With Lyft specifically? Correct. Um, I have this crazy dream that I would love to open a coffee shop that um, our former 
lifters and our current lifters run. And it would teach them job skills. It would teach them all the things that everybody complains about teens for. <laughs> so tying into a practical business. That can Absolutely. Be, that's a business big skills, step. Customer I mean, service, all the things. Because you talk about that. You talk about kind leaders, which yes. I think is great. Yes. And, and that's is that something that you know, was was taught to you that you feel is important to employ? I don't know that it was direct. I mean, it was taught to me, sure, by my dad and, um, you know, other mentors along the way. But I definitely think there's more of a need for right. it right now. And you are a photographer. I am a photographer. And you have a, a, a legit photography business mm-hmm. and is, is bringing more arts and creativity into the fold something that has been talked about? Or is that something that is two on the nose maybe for you or? Yeah, um, with uh, current school right now, we're doing a photo voice project. So I'm teaching them how to capture images that speak words that aren't actually words. You know what I'm saying? Like they're learning how to like say like this lamp right here. Like I turned that lamp on the night my dad died. Like right. things that like have meaning and they're not always known and it's not always expressed, but how do you capture that creatively and that's a theme in your work i'd read that yeah you're looking to find a voice within an image yeah whether not be necessarily somebody with their mouth open Mm -hmm. uh which is that's unique so uh, abstract concepts kind of well-rounded which is fantastic writers call it show words not tell words oh interesting i've never heard that you know so you know kind of when you paint the picture Mm -hmm. but uh yeah cool it's all very visual and it's all very beautiful. Well, you you do, you know, to, to, to conclude, you, you, you talk about humor. I think it's interesting. A lot of people talk more about humor than, uh, than you would think in reacting with teens because you think teens have to be this humorless dollar group of people. And they've gone through this unimaginable thing. Hell is what they're talking about. So on your website, which is... Um, uh, liftyouthsb.com, correct? Mm-hmm. Liftyouthsb.com. Um, there's some information. There's great information. There's information on you all. So I have to, I've got to ask two questions to end here is what is the importance of cheese? And as a photographer, family photographer, are going to, people are going to stop taking photos as a family with their shoes off. Oh God, I hope so. You know, it gets really uncomfortable because you have to decide whether or not to crop their feet out if they're, like, ugly feet. Or, like, do I chop their feet out and, like, replace them with, like, a a model's foot? It's, like, (laughs) it's just creating so much work for us as photographers. Like, please, put your shoes back on. (laughs) All black, no shoes. I I don't know if that's irrelevant. uh, And and, and so thank you for that. And so hopefully we we can change that. And um, um, cheese. Your your favorite cheese cheese is brie. Um, is there is there every? It's, it's a consistent question amongst your leadership. Like, your I, favorite cheese. Just our goes. social media person Claire. This is her go to question. What's your favorite cheese? Oh, okay. And like I'm not one that like just like thinks about cheese. So yeah. like I was like oh, brie because I really do like it. It's oh, like nice and stuff. It was like, more of a question. Like it wasn't an answer. Is is this a cheese? Put it on the website. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, because once I was growing up, I found out that my favorite cheese, in fact, isn't even really classified as a cheese. What is it? Well, they call them they call them American slices now. Oh, (laughs) you like chemicals? Ooh, yeah, yeah, that is true. Well, um, 
it, it's extraordinary all of the things that you have done in a short amount of time, and uh, I, I can't wait to see what you do. And, and the coffee shop sounds amazing. Is there anything uh, that you would like to leave our listeners with, or anything that we missed? Well, I think the biggest thing, and you know, we are growing in big ways. Um, we started out in one school, we're in two now, and halftime in another. Is that we want to be in five schools in the next five years. And that something like this coffee shop dream, um, as much as I'm a can doer, you can't you can't do if you don't have funding. And so, those the investment of the dollars really is making a huge impact, as well as those volunteer um, opportunities. Because, gosh, we'd be nothing without relationships and other people. So, right, yeah. Well, you are a very altruistic leader. And you're somebody who who clearly gives a lot, and uh, we're very fortunate to have had you. And again, the website is liftyouthsb.com. Is that the best way to keep up? Are there any uh, newsletters that one can sign up for, any QR codes to be found anywhere to connect? Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing is just sign up on our website. There's like a contact us, and we'll get you plugged in in the right way, depending on what you're interested in. Beautiful. Even if it is cheering along a sports team, and that sounds like an awesome use of an evening, Mm -hmm. especially in our community. Well, Becca, thank you so much for your pursuits and to all of those who pursue along with you and cheering youth in our communities have a safe place to grow and thrive. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. And to our listeners, thank you all for listening and thank you for pursuing the positive. Ah, and there you have it, folks. Another episode of The Pursuit of Podcast. We want to thank Becca Tenbrink for coming in from Lyft Teen Center, Lyft, Leelanau Investing for Teens. You can find more at liftyouthsb.com. That's liftyouthsb.com. And as always, for all things audio, video, podcasting, Check us out at newleonard.com.